0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With the 34th pick in the 2021 NFL Drafts, the New York Jets select future Pro Bowler, Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Ole Miss.
1: Garfield, New Jersey, 10 minutes from Giant Stadium. A throw to the first down, Wayne Krebet was able to work free. What a move by Wayne Krebet. Absolutely unbelievable. You're talking about a kid who is just all heart.
0: Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Krebet and Robbie Sabo. Welcome back, Jets fans, to the 10th edition of the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Crabette. I am Robbie Sabo, and we're back again on this night. New York Islanders, game six. Obviously, this will be published Thursday, so... You'll be listening while we do not know the final score. Hopefully, it's not another blowout. Well, again, I'm a Rangers fan, but I say hopefully, as in a lot of Jets fans are Islanders fans, too. So I'm behind you, somewhat, halfway. Greg Van Roten, Dan Feeney, the party animal. We'll get into that a little bit. Has Wayne Corbett attended any big-time New York City sporting events in his day? Wayne, what's going on?
1: Everything's good, Robbie. Good to be joining you on uh, episode 10 here.
0: Yeah, it's um, 10. We're getting there. And we'll also dig into Flight 2021, which, you know, the Jets production team, the way they put together this docuseries, this stuff they're coming out with, which has really taken off in NFL circles, is tremendous. And they released it, uh, what was it, two nights ago, I believe, four episodes. I know you had a chance to take a sneak peek at one or two of them. Um, We'll get into that a little bit as well. Uh, First, Bet Online, the Underdog Jets podcast is a Believe production and is presented by Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today and use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, Islander fans, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Dan Feeney certainly had some fun and this is not, you know, past couple day news but we haven't touched on it yet. He is an animal. He he's one of the boys. He goes out Greg Van Roten who grew up on Long Island is actually the one who organizes these field trips for the Jets players and the last one featured a lot of new guys. Uh, I believe LaMichael Pirine was on the trip. Uh, One of the Michael Carters. I forget which one. I think it was the DB, but I'm not sure. Uh, Wayne, you, you had a chance to see Feeney. What, What did you think about that?
1: Yeah. You know, I saw the highlights and I see this guy crushing the beer and going crazy with the mullet. And I, I didn't understand right away that it was a Jet player, a group of Jets players. And I was just like, this guy's just a crazy Islander fan. And not till like the next time I saw it, that he was there again. I was like, who is this guy? And then they said he was a Jet player. And I was like, oh, this guy is a, this guy's a piece of work. But I see that people are ordering his jersey on uh, NFLshop.com. Yeah, he's, uh, he might not be a starting offensive
0: lineman, at
1: least right not
0: right now. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, the popularity with this guy is through the roof. Uh, yeah, he's
1: the most popular backup lineman you'll uh, you'll ever have in the <laughs> in NFL. history. Yeah,
0: I mean, gee, him and Mangold. Can you imagine them two together?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it's good. It's good when New York sports uh, teams support other New York uh, athletes.
0: Yeah, it's funny too. Zach Wilson and Feeney together. It's like a contrasting duo, like the odd couple when they're sitting next to each other at Islander games.
1: Yeah. It's great though. It's great for the sport. It's great for New York. Uh, Hopefully, you know, the New York teams return the favor, you know, come support. I I guarantee when I go on the field before the games, the home games this year, there'll be some Islanders on the sideline, you know, kind of returning the favor and the support for, for the jets.
0: Yeah. The first, um, men, the first memory I have of that cross support, was 94 when Anthony Mason and uh, Patrick Ewing would go to Rangers games and then Messier and a couple other guys would go to the Knicks finals games because both the teams were in the finals that year.
1: Um, You
0: were at, 94 game seven, correct? Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was there the night they won it, you know, with Messier. I just was in my senior year, going to my senior year of college. But, you know, I was always at New York events. And when I was playing, you know, I got a chance to go and, you know, have a little better seats, you know, uh, at that time. But I remember being up there in the boonies uh, watching Messier you know, skate around with the cup over his head and uh you know i said this is something i want to experience you know bringing a championship to new york it never happened but uh you know just that night was special for those guys yeah
0: back in that day you had msg uh you had the devils and the nets right next to you guys too i mean right in jersey in the meadowlands still not like newark and brooklyn as it is right now
1: yeah everything was right there i went to i, I went to devils i never really went to island games even though i was out at uh Hofstra, but more Rangers and Devil games and always at the Knicks and Nets games and, uh, you know, and, and enjoyed it. Like I said, you know, when you cross over different sports, the athletes, you know, you got to get different taste of what they're going through, what you're going through.
0: Yeah. And speaking of uh, the good old Nets, did you happen to see or catch the highlights to game seven with Durant and what happened there?
1: I saw the, I saw the, um, I was actually watching the uh, the phone. And, uh, you know, I see that it was, it was you know, the, the, what the score was. And then all that I see 110-109 that they won. And next thing I know, a couple minutes got to go back and they're in overtime. So I guess they actually put up that it was a three-pointer initially on ESPN.com. And then they took it down and then it didn't work out for them. But, you know, listen, they were supposed to win it all. Everybody expected that. But, you know, when you got injuries like that and the three were never healthy at the same time all year, you know, they got upset. What are you gonna do? Come back next year. We've
0: discussed how you know we're both kind of we're fans of the Yankees and the Mets. You know, we don't hate the Giants. It's for me, it that hasn't crept in with basketball and hockey for some reason. I don't know why. Cause I think just the Knicks and Rangers, I'm really diehard fans of. I felt bad. I put a tweet out, it was bad timing when the Nets lost. Yeah. And you know, just nudging them a little because Knicks and Nets fans nudge each other. And Right away, I just regretted it. You know, it wasn't anything malicious. It was just a little, you know, having a little fun. Like Durant, to your point, yeah, they did call it a three at first, yeah, because his toes were just on the line. Right, so the right. memes that generated from that were hilarious with his with his feet. It's a heartbreaker, so I felt bad.
1: Yeah, well, he's a hell of a player. He might be one of the best, if not the best, scorer. Of all time in the NBA, and he's certainly up there with LeBron as who's the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah, so uh, he'll he, he'll be all right. He got some championships, but they're coming in next year. They're going to be stacked, I, so uh, I think they'll get right back to the playoffs and, and, and probably go even further.
0: Yeah, I think he's past LeBron. Like this is the first season where I think LeBron's not the guy. You know, I'm it would have been different it.
1: if he did it by himself. You know what I mean? Harden on one leg and Kyrie out. It, it would have meant more than the championship with a Golden State, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and if you think
0: about it too, no LeBron there. So That's why I felt even worse because the teams that are there, Kawhi's out, Paul is out. You know, they, it was right there for the taking. But to your point, hey, they got plenty of years left and uh, the Nets and Knicks rivalry will
1: uh, only ramp up from here on. Yeah, I mean the Knicks are a little behind, but you know, why would you not want to play in new york i always say that why would you not play on a new york team and you know people don't want to come play for the knicks but i think they do now with with thibodeau as the coach you know and they got a young crew there like randall's a great player he's not a he's not a you know one you know what i mean he needs someone to come in he's like the Bosch. he needs like a lebron and a dwayne Wade to come in you know what i mean but randall's he's a great player but he needs help he needs some help for sure yeah they
0: need shooters and uh a point guard, too. I mean, I, lo- I love Derek Rose, but they just need a a young point guard who could take advantage of today's rules. Well, they had four of them.
1: They had Rose. They both rose in. They already had quickly. And uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Nika, Lena, Frank, yep. and... And... uh he- he dance with you. Yeah, I mean, they just keep bringing them in. I don't know, man. They, they like... Tivito had a relationship with Rose, so he worked out, but, you know, he needs some young blood in there. yeah and you know speaking of young blood perfect segue
0: the jets released that four part docu series where you know you really got to give the jets a lot of credit here because a lot of teams would be hesitant to do this if you watched it as a fan you're probably ready to run through a wall because right. everything about what they do behind the scenes has seemingly changed like we already discussed it. The atmosphere is different, the communication, the engagement. It's all there. I mean, you'd have to be completely oblivious to people around you and to the environment you're in to not notice it, how different it is. This docu-series is tremendous. If you haven't seen it, go to the Jets YouTube channel. It's, um, what is it called? Flight 2021. Just type in Flight 2021 and you'll see all four episodes. I think they're a half hour each so it's two hours of content. They really dig into the behind-the-scenes stuff in terms of hiring process with the head coach and Salah. Salah's
1: message, even clips from his interview. I mean, right. not a lot of teams do that. Right. Here, here's the thing. This is what I wanted to get into this episode. If you get a chance to watch it, Flight Twenty Twenty-One. I mean, you you get an idea even more than ever just what they had to do. You know, with the the pandemic and everything going on, and you get an idea how much areas they have to cover as far as, I mean, they scouted 1500 kids, you know, down to 300 on the draft board and you see the process of where all the scouts are, but you get to see the hiring process of Coach Sala and you get to see, you know, Woody talk and Christopher talk, you know, and, and here basically what Sala's pitch was and what he brings and why he should be the head coach of the Jets and what Joe Douglas did. So you get into that behind the scenes and now, now you know what they saw in him. And like I said, why fans listen to him and want to you know run to a brick wall for him right away. I mean, he's you know he's a motivator. He's exciting. Everything he said, if I was doing a hiring process, I would have hired him it's the same way that the Johnsons did. So it's definitely a great watch to see you know what happens behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it was Christopher who said there was a break during the interview and he saw Douglas or someone else, maybe it was Jaime and they looked at each other and just started
1: laughing because they knew he was the guy right away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, it doesn't take very long. Sometimes you just get a sense about someone, even, even on a, on a zoom call, you know, you meet someone in person, generally you can get the energy, but just, you could see it on a zoom call. You know, I don't know who the other uh, people they interviewed were, but uh, you know, I'm sure there wasn't even a close second.
0: No, I don't think so. And the fact that he left to go on another interview, everyone lost their minds. Right. The fact that he did that, I think goes a long way in terms of the organization feeling good about what happened, what transpired. Right. And, you know, having that trust in that guy, but not just trust, just having the confidence. Yeah, do your thing. We understand. Take care of what you got to take care of. We'll be here.
1: Yeah. I mean, they could have, you know, nobody wanted him to leave the building. Right. You know, when I was signing on the dotted line, but uh, yeah, they were comfortable in their pitch. And this is the reason why Z's free agency came, you know what I mean? And they came because of Coach Sala and because of Joe Douglas and the ownership and management. And uh, like I said, I think players are starting to see, obviously I always say they want to play in New York, but they're starting to see, that they got to put together a pretty good management team and coaching staff. So I think this is going to be a, you know, a prime destination for for free agents coming up in the upcoming years. Yep.
0: And the other thing, the big thing, it really covered the draft. Like you said, the territory, these guys, these scouts, the scouting department has to cover is ridiculous. Multiply that by the fact that the restrictions with COVID this past year were there. It's that much more difficult. And you think about Joe Douglas, when he took over, he took over after the draft which hurts in itself. Okay. Then you come around to his first draft and before he even gets there, COVID happens. So he's dealing shorthanded again. And then his second draft, which I think is going to be an all time. Great. He's dealing with restrictions all year college restrictions, where the big 10 and another conference didn't start on time. So this show really gives you a glimpse into what they had to deal with. And, you know, a lot of other things in the war room and how they evaluated certain guys.
1: Yeah. Like you said, there's no combine. The only thing they had was a senior bowl to see guys live. And that was for the top guys. So anything other than that, for these, you know, lower school guys, these mid-American schools was different. And these guys even start watching film when they're, these kids are freshmen, kind of getting on their radar. So just the amount of time they put into it. Like I said, there's scouts all over the place, a lot of territory they have to cover, but just without the combine to get that, uh, you know, analysis without ever meeting a guy, you know, and like I said, you get a sense of people when you're face to face with them. So it's kind of a bit more of a crapshoot with the kids you bring in, but they definitely saw character in all these kids and they seem to be like playing well and doing all the right things and saying all the right things so far in minicamp.
0: The wonderful war, the wonderful uh, world of zoom, huh?
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about what they've done so far.
0: And that was one of Salas' things. Uh, you know, the kid does he like ball? Does he like ball? Does he pay attention to the details? Does he eat it? Does he love it? Right. Does he sleep it? That was a big thing.
1: And you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out with this draft. You see how they break down Zach Wilson's tape too, and they yep. talk about it. It was five five quarterbacks, and they had the two top two were Lawrence and Wilson. I'm not saying. They would have took Wilson if they were number one, but he was a close second.
0: Yeah, it was a consensus across every department. Pretty that's much. the thing.
1: He had them. him. Yeah, he, he had these guys, you know, the major six scouts, seven scouts. He had them all watch film separately, not confer with each other, don't talk to each other and come up with their own separate analysis, it's like a group thing. Yeah. It's not like one guy and you, you agree with him or you don't. It's like they all got their own personal feeling of it. And then they shared it, you know, without anybody, you know, hindering everybody's, you know, you know opinion and stuff like that. And that's that group thing, you know, that they're they're going through. And that's what you need on a team. You can't just have one guy making decisions. And
0: that's very important. What you just said, Douglas had these guys do it on their own first. Right,
1: right. And it's smart. It's yes, smart.
0: Very smart. Uh, a couple of the takeaways you know, LaFleur really discussed in the later episodes some of the stuff Zach Wilson brings to the table, how he fits schemes. Uh, Albrich, we'll get into that too really quick. But the interesting thing is too, these guys were scouting this past year for a different coach, for a different scheme. And it's interesting. I think Salah's presence is going to – it did wonders for this draft process because it was mentioned – at least once, I forgot who mentioned it on the show, but it was mentioned that, yeah, we scout the guys and the information's still there, but everything changes once Sala comes in because he's the type of guy who knows exactly what he wants. He knows the type of player that fits him, his philosophies, his scheme perfectly. And I think that's a good sign because if it wasn't that pronounced, it wouldn't have been mentioned on the show.
1: Yeah, and like you see, you could see the partnership a rapport right away with Joe Douglas and, and Salah. And that's important because I do not think that it's been like that in, in recent, in recent years. So the fact that, you know, they're, they wanted to it together and, you know, it was their hire, you know what I mean? It was who Joe Douglas wanted. That makes it better than it's been, you know, in previous years. Right. So
0: another pick, obviously AV, AVT, uh, quick dad joke, uh, Joe Douglas, What was the dad joke, if I can remember it? What is a, and it's not a good one, folks. You know, everyone's experienced their dad jokes. Some are decent. Some will get a chuckle, but this one, what's a pig that knows karate? What's his name? What kind of pig is it that knows karate? What's that? Pork chop. All right. (laughs) Who said that? (laughs) Joe Douglas. In the war room. So he got up in front of everyone trying to loosen it up. Right, right. Uh, telling everyone they got to bring their own dad joke the next right. day. Hopefully someone did to top it because, you know, it can't go out
1: like that, to be honest. Hey, it's all, it's all in good fun. Exactly.
0: So, yeah, he did the- so uh,
1: yeah, so there, yeah, like I said, it's behind the scenes. I can't wait to watch the next three episodes. I just wanted to watch the first one, you know, so we could talk about it. They used to have, if you ever want to go back and watch some stuff about you know, you know, um, a piece on one specific person or two different people, uh, One Jets Drive that they did last year and the year before. And, you know, Jets have a great, you know, media, um, you know, facility and people, great people I've worked with and done interviews over and over with. So One Jets Drive, they focuses on a person and goes behind the scenes and where they're from and their life and stuff like that. So there's tons of tons of content out there that the Jets have put out in, in the last couple of years that they really enjoy.
0: And the other thing is to Brian Shields, who's the director of the football analytics department. He said they had Elijah Moore as the 16th best player
1: going into the draft. Yeah. Overall player. I can see that. Listen, if you go back and look at the reaction with Joe and Salah and the rest of the, uh, you know, scouting department, when, you know, a lot, they got Elijah. They, I mean, this was like, they, you know, they felt that, uh, that diamond fell into their lap to them at, uh, what draft pick was that, that they uh, got it at. Early, early second. Yeah. They felt he was a first round, um, you know, talent, just like with Vera Tucker. They thought he was a top 15 talent. You know what I mean? And, you know, he was still there. So they yeah, got some good, good picks this year.
0: And the other nugget, um, defensively came from Ulbrich, mm-hmm. where he really hinted at the versatility, you know, LaMarcus Joyner, they view him as a safety, but, He specifically said they're going to ask safeties to play man on man against receivers in certain situations. Mm -hmm. So you see joiner, joiner at safety, you could put him in the slot and still go base against 11 personnel, three receivers. And you could even use your will linebacker in zone and and still keep the base out there against 11 personnel. So that really comes to light too, when you watch Ulbrich's part.
1: Yeah. And, And the thing I like to hear, I saw today, on social media is CJ mostly, and he's only played two games in two years, but he's back, he's feeling good and he's ready to go. And I'm telling you, that's the key. He was some player with the Ravens, man. I mean, he can get back to where he's healthy. He's going to be a killer out there with, the, with this crew, they got up front. He's smart too. Like that's the most important thing.
0: You want your, your Mike, your leader to be really smart. Yeah. And that's his, his top attribute. He's got it between the ears.
1: So yeah, I mean, everything looks good. Just got to stay healthy. I know I see Beckton having a little, little troubles, but I think they're just being smart with everybody right now. That's the thing. And they got depth now, which is, which is a good thing.
0: They have a lot of depth. You know, I tried to do a irresponsible way too early roster prediction, 53 man roster prediction, which is kind of ridiculous because there's no such thing as a final 53 man roster prediction. It's a,
1: it's always it's a, changing.
0: Yeah, it's always changing. It's fluid. There's a the practice squad is really loose with its rules now, so there's like you can keep a lot of guys. The depth is incredible. You, you can't decide on the team.
1: Yeah, and like I said, we we talked about the other day, six seven receivers that can get plenty of time. And like I said, something might happen. You never know what's going to happen. I don't wish that on anybody. But next man up. That's that's the motto in NFL. Next man up and you just hope they're as good as the person in front of them and then just could pick up where the other person left off. And it looks like they're in a situation where they can handle that. If something does happen. And look at this real quick. Quinn and Williams at the game.
0: It looks like tonight.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. It's in the Bronx, go to the game, get yourself on the big screen and have them announce your name and cheer for you. I mean, it's great. You can't, you can't beat that man. And he's, He's a hell of a player. I, I, mean, I can't believe he didn't make the Pro Bowl last year. I always say, like when I do these cameo things, I talk about the team and like, you know, the draft and Joe Douglas and all this stuff. But I always say, don't forget about the young guys who came on strong at the end of the year. You know, Becton should have made the Pro Bowl. Quinton should have made the Pro Bowl. May had some great plays. Don't forget about those guys coming back, you know, in addition to the new free agents and the new draft picks.
0: Yeah, so... Quinn and the Browns. I wonder if that's his first Yankees game. Probably is. But you're right. That first draft, I mean, it, it's only going to get better from here on out. That coupled with this draft, you know, the sky's the limit. We shall see. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with a couple mailbag questions. Again, get your questions into Wayne at underdogjetspodcast at gmail.com, underdogjetspodcast at gmail.com, or just reply to YouTube, Twitter anything that we put out there. Uh, first one's from Walt Bonzek. Have you ever considered coaching for a team? And if not, why not?
1: Um, you know, I have people ask me, they said, I'd be a good coach. I'd be a good receiver coach. I never got into it. Uh, like, you know, I coaching my kids and helping out, but uh, I don't know, it just, just wasn't in my DNA to be a coach. I would love to get into management. I figure i I think I'm a lot better analysis and roster construction and salary cap and all that stuff. I think, you know, I'd do pretty good at that. If I could ever assist, you know, with, with the team in that, you know, that way. But, uh, as far as coaching, I don't know, you know, the, the hours are crazy. You're like talking like they 80 are. hour weeks and, you know, breaking down film and yeah, start, you know, you can't start at the top either. You know what I mean? You gotta kind of like earn your stripes. So it just never, you know, appealed to me, but, um, you know, you never know. But like I said, maybe one day I can help with the, you know, roster construction. And I think that'd be where I best, uh, suitable. Yeah. Front, of, front office kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So, scouting uh, we'll,
0: never scouting or no, scouting I love to scout
1: i'd love to scout you know what i mean but uh like i said at this at this point i work with the team and sponsorships and on the media content and all that stuff i'm just happy to be involved in that way
0: second question is from Sago s-o-u-g-o sorry for the it looks it just looked like a username which helmet do you like better white or all green? And I don't know what he's referring to with all green, either the throwbacks, which you started with in 95, 96, 97, or today's, I think we might've touched this, but let's see what you say.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I liked it. You know, what we went back to when Parcells got there, but I got the, the Kelly green, my rookie helmet back there. I don't know. There's something special about it. Cause when I was growing up, that's, that's what I watched you know, Ken O'Brien and Wesley, you know, and guests and all those, that's the, that's the, that's the helmet I remember. So that's why I keep it handy. So I get a chance to look at it all the time, but uh, yeah, go back to that, you know? Yeah. You never forget your first, right?
0: Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, the underdog jets podcast is wrapping up. We are brought to you by bet online. So head over there today and uh, take advantage of your first user, new user promotion. Wayne, any final thoughts?
1: No, great episode. Uh, actually looking forward to the next episode where we discuss top 50 shorthanded receivers, best hands, which I'm on the list, you know, happily didn't know if I was on the list or not. So looking forward to going through that and hopefully everybody enjoys this.
0: Absolutely. All right, Jets fans until next time.